what we're going to do this uh, week is, is we're going to talk about the year in review, and we're going to talk about the year in preview, 2018. And so uh, I just want to offer yet one more brief word of prayer before we begin. Uh, Lord, I, I just pray that the words uh, that you have given me this week will uh, strike at the hearts of all of us, myself included, Lord, and, and may we be changed. May we grow in the Lord Jesus Christ this coming year, even greater than we have the year before. And I pray now that your Holy Spirit would come uh, and do its work in our hearts, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it is the last Sunday of the year, 2017. Uh, tomorrow is January 1st, 2018. And I think it's a good idea uh, as we come to the end of a calendar year to kind of uh, take stock of our year gone by and and try to think about uh, some of the goals that we may have had, either relationally, financially, spiritually, and kind of assess how we did. Uh, ask questions of ourselves like, uh, what did I learn from God this year? Uh, what has God taught me? Uh, how has God grown me uh, in this particular year? And, and how have I become more Christ-like uh, this particular year as I, as I go through reviewing 2017? And I think that we all want to make New Year's resolutions, and we do that, but I think before we do that, we really ought to be looking back at 2017 and giving ourselves an honest evaluation of some of the things that, that we wanted to accomplish and to think about how we did uh, with them. Uh, every year, like many of us, uh, we make New Year's resolutions. I make one to get in better physical shape uh, every year. Uh, failed epically this year, by the way. Uh, but hopefully 2018 will bring better things. Uh, I'm hoping for better uh, spiritual growth in 2018. Uh, and I want to I grow spiritually. Paul said uh, in 1 Timothy 4.8, he said, For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. And so to do this, I think about uh, the fruits of the Spirit, right? Uh, I try to let the, the Holy Spirit uh, develop the fruit of the Spirit in me uh, more and more every year. And sometimes I am successful and sometimes I fail, but uh, I pray that the Holy Spirit is doing a little more in me every year, uh, perhaps a little more than he did uh, last year. So Galatians 5.22 says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. And so those are nine attributes, uh, nine characteristics that are all kind of intertwined with each other. You normally don't see one growing while the other eight are stagnant. They all kind of grow together uh, because it's the fruit of the Spirit. They all grow. And, and when you're yielded to the Holy Spirit, uh, when one fruit grows, they all grow and we become more Christ-like uh, through that. And so uh, as I think about the fruit of the Spirit, I think about uh, how, have, how have these nine individual fruits uh, collectively been developed in me this year? And, and so uh, I think about uh, trying to apply them practically. How did I handle a given situation this year uh, that I might have handled a little worse the year before? Or, or how did I handle something worse this year that probably the Holy Spirit should have been doing uh, work in me uh, that where I should have done better in a given situation? So uh, an honest evaluation, I think, is, is what is required. And how did I do with my prayer life? How did I do with Bible study this year? Uh, how did I do with devotional time and, and uh, Bible memorization? And and I don't want this to be about works that we're trying to do to earn salvation. That's not what this is about at all. Uh, this is about uh, doing works to become more Christ-like as we continue uh, on our Christian walk. And, 
And so you know, I don't know if, if all of you do this, but you're supposed to go every year for an annual checkup at your doctor. Uh, I can be negligent at that sometimes. I'm uh, willing to admit that. Uh, we're all supposed to, if we're employed, we probably have a boss who wants to give us an annual review at our job to find out uh, how we've done this year, how was our performance this year. And so I think it's appropriate that we give ourselves a spiritual uh, review also. And it's not for the purpose of bringing shame or guilt or anything like that on us. It's because we want to walk in a manner worthy of our calling. Uh, Paul tells us that we ought to do that. And so uh, once we take a look back, uh, then I want to offer some suggestions about how I would like to grow spiritually this year. And I hope that some of the things that I, I have thought of will resonate with you. And I'm sure you have your own ideas about how you would like to grow spiritually uh, this year. So I've given you a bulletin with an outline on it. But at the bottom, there's plenty of space. And I would love it if you wrote down one or two spiritual goals that you might have after I've finished with my message today. And, and if you feel comfortable sharing it with me, uh, I would love to, to, to help you uh, achieve your goals, and I would hope that you will help me uh, achieve mine. And so, so that's what I would like to do. So let's look this year. The first we'll look at 2017 in review, and then we'll look at 2018 uh, in preview. So three questions. Three questions. Three questions. How have you grown closer to Christ this year? That's the first question. How have you grown closer to other Christians this year? And third, how have you drawn unbelievers to Christ this year? I think those are three pretty good questions about uh, how we can evaluate our spiritual walk in a concrete way. Uh, and so as I think about this first question, how have you grown cl closer to Christ this year? The way we do it is by prayer. And that prayer time that we just had was beautiful and it was wonderful. And it should be a habit. It shouldn't be something that we do uh, every uh, half a year or something like that. We should have more uh, intense time of prayer uh, with God. And uh, if you're like me, uh, you would like your prayer time to be more meaningful, more spiritual, uh, deeper in, in a way. And, and, and you would like to feel like you have actually spent time with God when you're done praying, rather than just praying, getting up and saying, oh, okay, I hope you heard that. Uh, you would love th that he actually, uh, actually feel like you felt uh, like you spent time with God. And, and that's how Jesus prayed. When Jesus prayed, he knew that he had spent time with his father. Luke 5.16 says, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed because he had to get away from people uh, to commune with his father. And Luke 6.12 says, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the entire night praying to God. Can you imagine like forsaking sleep, going out and spending a, an entire night on the mountainside of uh, praying to God, communing with him? So, so this is how Jesus prayed. And this is the model of prayer that Jesus gives to us. He wants us to pray uh, in the same way. And so often our prayers are rote prayers, right? Uh, I've been to churches that, that would say the Our Father every week, and you, you, you say the Our Father, but you don't hear a word of it because you know it by heart and you just pray it, but it, it hasn't really resonated with you because you haven't spent time thinking about it. So we're not looking at rote prayers. We're looking at uh, deep, meaningful prayers to God. And sometimes it's like, well, bless me, uh, bless this person, bless that person. And then at times we can get discouraged because our prayers are not being answered. But, but God doesn't want us to be discouraged. And the verse I just read from Luke chapter 18, I think, is a very good verse about how we're supposed to be disciplined and persistent in prayer. It says, Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. So that's not just uh, sending up a, a flyer to God and, and, and thinking that he, he will answer every prayer the minute you pray it. 
God's timing is perfect, and we have to be persistent in our prayers, and we have to believe uh, that he will answer our prayers. And so uh, I'm just asking myself, and I'm asking you, how's your prayer life? Uh, The second question I'm asking is, how are you doing with spending time in the Word? 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17 says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So this is what the Word does. It corrects us. It teaches us. uh, It rebukes us. It fixes our improper thinking. It helps us to be equipped to be servants of God, and so we need to be in it if it's going to to be effective in that regard. So are you happy with how much time you've spent in the Bible uh, this year? And you may be. That's great. I I hope that you are. Uh, But if you aren't, we can do better uh, next year. Uh, Hebrews 4.12 talks about how the Word changes us. It says, For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So the Word of God will change your life, but you have to get into it before it can get into you. And so spend more time, if you can, in, in Bible study. If you're not satisfied, there's always more that we can do. And third, are we seeing more of the fruit of the Spirit in our own lives? Uh, We read the list. Are you more loving? Are you more joyful? Are you more peaceful? Are you more patient? That's a big one for me. I I struggle with patience, and I think many of you do too. So patience is a hard one, but we need to be working on these things. Uh, If you are, if you're more loving and peaceful and patient and kind, it's because you are allowing the Holy Spirit to have his way with you. We are surrendering to the Holy Spirit, and that's what we're supposed to do. Uh, Romans 8, 5, and 6 says, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. And so we, we always have this struggle within us of, the spirit on one side and the flesh on the other side, and who are we going to obey? And, and so I would like to spend time myself thinking about uh, specific examples where I was in a situation where I had to decide whether the flesh was going to control or whether the spirit was going to control. And I'd like to think of times when I was successful uh, and allowed the spirit to control, and then also when I was unsuccessful and the flesh controlled, and, and see if I can find a pattern, see when I allow the flesh to control, and if there's something that I can do about that. So uh, that's a suggestion that I have for us this year. So uh, these are the things I'm thinking about for how we grow closer uh, to Christ. Uh, is our prayer life good? Is our Bible study good? Are we seeing more fruit of the spirit in our lives? All right, second, how have we grown closer to other Christians this year? I think if we're going to grow together, we obviously have to gather together. We have to be in the same place. And, and one thing we're really good at here is gathering together. And we know how to throw a party, and, and we, we've done that. And so that's been a lot of fun to, to hang out uh, and, and get to know each other. And, and so uh, I think that certainly this happens on Sunday morning. Uh, and Hebrews 10.25 tells us that uh, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Uh, not... Uh, giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And of course, we need to be together if we're going to encourage each other. 
Uh, nine times alone in the book of Acts, uh, we see people encouraging and exhorting each other uh, to, to continue on as this first century church uh, tried to figure out its way amidst persecution from first uh, the Jews and then uh, persecution from Romans as well. Uh, so we need to be together uh, to encourage each other. And there are many of us here in this body who today need encouragement. And so we ought to be looking for ways uh, to be gathering together uh, and encouraging each other. Hospitality is a second thing. Are we practicing hospitality? Uh, Romans 12:13 says, share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. So we certainly meet here, uh, and we meet outside the church fairly regularly, but uh, we need to, to do even better with that. We, we need to spend time with other Christians, even if they're not in our body, because spending time uh, with other Christians uh, deepens relationships, uh, and it increases openness and vulnerability, uh, and it, it makes you have an accountability partner when you're with somebody and spending a lot of time with them. Uh, one thing I know that we know how to do here at Grace Redeemer is practice hospitality, but I'm hoping uh, that we can do even better in, in the coming year. And so uh, that's what I'm thinking about in terms of hospitality. And then finally, are we available uh, to each other? First Thessalonians says, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are also doing. So uh, being a listener when someone needs to talk is one of the greatest gifts that we can give uh, to another believer. And uh, if you're like me, uh, you are a problem solver. And sometimes you listen, but already you're diagnosing and you're solving, right? You're like, all right, I hear what you're saying. And before I'm even going to let you finish, here's your problem and here's how you fix it. Um, we shouldn't do that. Uh, people sometimes just need to talk, uh, you know, especially when you're talking to a member of the uh, female gender. Uh, sometimes they just want to unload. They just want to talk. They're not looking for a solution. They just want to talk. And, and even for men, sometimes there is no solution to the problem. You just want to unload it. So uh, l let's think about that. Being a good listener is knowing when to be quiet and when to speak and when to encourage. So uh, those are the three things uh, I'm thinking about in terms of, of how we grow closer to other Christians. And then finally, uh, how have we done with unbelievers this year? Uh, do you even know any unbelievers? Do you know that it's a statistical fact that uh, when you've been a Christian for more than two years, you know almost no unbelievers. And after five years, you don't know any unbelievers anymore because we travel in different circles than we used to. We travel in the circles of believers. And so we need to be intentional about reaching out to unbelievers and, and knowing who they are. And, and if you do know any, have you had any meaningful conversations with them that were specifically designed and directed to draw them uh, to Christ? Um, I have lots of conversations with unbelievers, but I'm not always satisfied about how I've tried to direct that conversation uh, into more spiritual matters. And then uh, hopefully at some point uh, get them to the point where we're talking about Christ and, and will you make a decision uh, for Christ? And so uh, I would like to do better at that this year, turning people who don't believe to Christ. And so uh, those are the things I'm thinking about. Do you know any unbelievers and have you had intentional conversations directed to draw them to Christ. So have we, have we grown closer to God? Have we gr grown closer to other Christians? Have we drawn other unbelievers to Christ? Now, uh, if you feel like I just laid a beating on you, uh, I apologize for that. I don't mean for it to be a beating. I mean for us to be giving an honest evaluation 
of ourselves. So uh, if you're discouraged about anything that I have said, well, don't be, because last year is in the past, and Christ said, behold, I am making all things new, and that includes me, and that includes you. So wherever we have thought that we may not have been as successful as we would have liked to have been in the past, well, we're still here, and God still has work for us to do, and we're all going to be a work in progress until the day we die. A failure is only delayed success. Do you know that Thomas Edison, the inventor of the light bulb, uh, spent years trying to invent the light bulb? And he figured out a hundred ways that didn't work, and his, his critics said, uh, Thomas, are you discouraged that you are having such difficulty inventing the light bulb? And he said, discouraged? No, I'm not discouraged. I figured out a hundred ways not to invent a light bulb. Uh, and so on, I'm go on I go, I press on. And so he certainly did invent the light bulb and changed the world, right? So we can see our failures as failures, and we can let them get us down. Or we can see our failures as a learning experience and an opportunity for growth. Uh, Satan certainly loves when we let ourselves get down uh, when we failed. And, and he's always there whispering in our ear, saying things like, you see, you're no good. Uh, who do you think you are trying to accomplish this for God? You, you'll never amount to anything. But God doesn't want us to think that way. God has a completely different uh, idea about what our failures are. They're learning experiences, and God wants us to learn from our failures. And he certainly never condemns us when we try something for him, and it doesn't work out like we'd like it to. We just get back on the bike and we start over again. And so uh, he says in Romans 8.1, Therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. God will never be mad at you for trying something for him, uh, even if it doesn't work out. And he doesn't want us to dwell on our failures. Paul said in Philippians 3, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. If you're a football fan, uh, you watch a game and you see a quarterback throw an interception or you see uh, a wide receiver uh, burn a, a cornerback for a touchdown or you see a field goal kicker uh, shank a field goal and miss it by a mile, uh, these guys don't have a lot of time to dwell on that failure because they're going to be needed to get back on the field and, and do their job the way they're supposed to do it. They have a second to think about what they could have done better and then go out and use that experience. They don't have time to dwell on their failures. And so they need to learn from that failure and move on. So if you have had spiritual failure this year, or if you have just perhaps not wanted to achieve uh, the growth that, uh, that you had in mind at the beginning of the year, I want you to be encouraged. You have learned how not to grow spiritually. Uh, and so what we'll do is we'll take those things and, and we, will, we will use them as a learning experience and, and we'll figure out what we did wrong uh, and how we can, can grow more spiritually. And so uh, here's, here's a list, I think, that I would like to give to you of, of, of things that I have in mind that I would like to do uh, this coming year. But before I give you a list, I want to warn you of the danger of lists because lists and resolutions uh, have the danger of becoming uh, legalistic, right? We, we can say, I want to study the Bible 30 minutes a day, and I want to pray 30 minutes a day, and then if we fail at that, we feel like we failed God. But that, that's not it. That, that's not what we're supposed to be doing. Uh, we don't want to become slaves to our lists and slaves to our resolutions. We want to become slaves uh, to Christ. And the only reason to make a list or to make a resolution is to use it as a tool to become closer to Christ. Uh, if, if you're trying to attain his approval, 
by checking boxes off of your list, well, that's legalism, and that's not what we want. We want uh, to maintain his approval. We've all, we already have his approval, but we want to grow closer to him. And so uh, with that uh, little warning in mind, uh, here we go. The year in preview, uh, 2018, to, to draw closer to Christ, I would like to have a better prayer life. And and how do I measure that? I don't measure it by saying, I'm going to spend 30 minutes every day in prayer to God, and if I don't make that, then that's a failure. Uh, I don't want to put time limits on things like that. I want to pray until I have prayed. And I don't know how long that takes, but you'll know it when you've prayed, when you've spent time uh, with God. And, and I don't want to pray a checklist of needs for myself. I want to spend time in prayer glorifying God and thanking Him for His amazing provision. Uh, we're saved. Everything beyond that is gravy. So uh, we ought to be thankful for that. And, and that's how I want to approach God. Uh, if you're like me, you may wake up every morning with a list, a checklist. I got 10 things on my list. I got to get these 10 things done today. And, and if it's you know, 10 o'clock in the morning, and I only have one thing checked off. Well, I'm way behind and I'm, I'm in big trouble for the day. But I don't want to approach my prayer life like that. And sometimes I can become a slave to my checklist and I can sacrifice time and prayer with God. So I don't want to do that. I want my prayer life to be more meaningful uh, and more indispensable uh, in my life. So that's the first thing I want to do to draw closer to Christ. I want to have a better time in Bible study. Notice I didn't say more time in Bible study because uh, I read the Bible a lot. Um, most of you do too. Uh, but sometimes Bible reading in and of itself becomes the goal rather than being transformed by the Bible itself. You, you go through and you say, oh, great, read Matthew, read Mark, read Luke, read John. And uh, here we are, uh, you know, checking things off of our list. And you, you find that you have read the Bible a lot, but have you been changed by it? And so I don't want Bible reading to be the goal. I want transformation to be the goal. And so uh, this year, instead of trying to plow through, uh, you know, as much of the Bible as I can in a year, I want to go slow. I want to start in the New Testament, and I just want to read slow, and I want to allow the Bible to transform me. Uh, my goal is to be changed, not to say that I just completed the Bible. Uh, what good is it to read the Bible if you're left unchanged by it? And so uh, that's what I want to do, to draw closer to Christ. I want to study the Bible better. I want to have a better prayer life. To draw closer to other Christians, I want uh, to spend more time together. And I've enjoyed spending the time together uh, with all of you this, this half year. It's been a very blessed half year uh, in our lives to be members of this body. Uh, but I want to know, know you all better. I want to know what your dreams are. I want to know what your goals are. I want to know what your fears are. I want to know how I can pray for you uh, specifically, uh, individually. I, I want to know you in that way. Uh, and I want to pray in a more deep and meaningful way. And, and I want to grow myself. And I want to watch you grow spiritually too. And I want to see you achieve the spiritual goals that you have for yourself, especially uh, as we move looking to uh, reach our new community in Garland. So that's the first thing, spending time together. The second thing that I'm really passionate about is this men's ministry that we are going to try and get off the ground. The more I talk to men, the more I realize how broken men are. Uh, and I realize how important it is that men have a safe place where they can lay down their burdens, lay down their troubles, uh, and, and, and have a safe place to put these things. And, and I want to say to you that, that you know, men want to be strong. Uh, we don't want to trouble other people with our problems. We want to be able to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and say that we can handle these things. But uh, I want you to listen to me. And, I, and men, I want you to look at me. And I want to tell you that it does not make you weak 
to dump your problems on somebody else, to share your problems with another male who has been through the kinds of things that you are going through right now. And so it doesn't make you weak, it makes you strong. Paul said, when I am weak, then I am strong. And that's what he ha was, was referring to. It takes a strong man to admit that life is hard and we can't handle everything by ourselves. Uh, we need other men to share our battles and, and to feel safe around them. Uh, I have a friend, a very close personal friend, who when I was going through very difficult time in my life, uh, I would call him up and I would just lay it all on him. And at the end, he would say, thank you, brother. Thank you for, for sharing your burden with me. Uh, thank you for allowing me to pray for you. And thank you for, for allowing me to, to carry that load with you. And if you have somebody like that in your life, that's an incredible blessing uh, to have. And I want us all, us men, uh, to be that for each other. I think you women in women's ministry are doing the same thing, but I want to see that uh, for men. And that's why I'm passionate about it. That's why I pray that you will come. Uh, I have experienced, like many of you have, pain, depression, anxiety, uh, fear. And I don't want anyone in this church to feel like they have to suffer through those things in isolation. A church is a body where we come together and we help each other. And so that's how I want to uh, draw closer to other Christians this year, through spending more time together and through our men's ministry. And finally, to draw closer to unbelievers, I just want to look for opportunities. One of the strangest things about living here in Texas is the alley, driveway, garage, kitchen situation. <laughs> I hear the Texans are friendly, but I never meet any of them because you just never see them, right? Uh, I was saying on Christmas morning, where are the kids out playing in the street with their footballs? There's none of that, and that has to do with the electronic age, of course, but it also has to do with the fact that we just are never outside of our homes anymore. And so what that means is that we have to be much more intentional about uh, building relationships in our neighborhood. Uh, the guy to the left of me, I've been, we've, we've lived here six years now. I think I've seen him less than six times. And the guy to the right of me, maybe 20 times. And the lady across the street, uh, I could not pick out of a lineup if my life depended on it. So uh, if, that's, if that's what our neighborhoods are like, I mean, we have to go out and we have to be more intentional uh, about reaching these people. And, you know, unbelievers don't walk up to us and say, uh, you know, could you tell me how to become a believer in Christ and be saved? Uh, that's, that's not how it works. Uh, we have to befriend them. We have to reach out to them. We have to show them hospitality. And when we do these things, then we earn trust and, and we are able to say to them, Christ died for your sins and rose from the dead so that you can have eternal life. And that is your opportunity. Uh, usually evangelism, successful evangelism, uh, doesn't happen, you know, walking on, a, on a New York City with a billboard on your chest, right? They just think you're nuts. You have to be intentional and make relationships with people and then you get the right to talk to people. And, and so I'm going to try to do a better job at that in 2018. And, and the second thing I want to do is to develop a strategy for outreach. In any community, there is going to be brokenness all over the place wherever you look. There are broken homes. Uh, there is drug abuse. There is alcohol abuse. Uh, there is addiction to other things. There's teen pregnancy. There's employment, unemployment. There's poverty. Uh, there's hunger. And, and I want to find out especially as we go to Garland, who are these people? I wanna to talk to city administrators, I wanna to talk to the local police, I wanna to talk to school administrators, and I wanna figure out who these people are, and I wanna know how we can help these people who are in need. Now, just FYI, I am an introvert, and I don't do this very well, I don't go out into the community very well, 
uh, but I don't think God is done stretching and growing me. I think the things that I'm not comfortable with now, uh, God has a way of making me comfortable with uh, down the road. And, and I certainly plan to uh, resort to my very extroverted wife to, to, to help me uh, go out and, and meet the community. So uh, I married up, and so I plan to use that to my advantage. <coughs> so I, I just want to help them to, to get to know Christ and to love Christ like we do. I hope that you have your own spiritual goals for 2018, and these are some of mine, and I pray that you'll share some of your spiritual goals with me and that we can pray for each other and encourage each other and hold each other accountable toward meeting our spiritual goals in 2018. God has been so good to us this year uh, and in the years past, just providing us with this building and giving us an opportunity to go out uh, and reach people who may not know him. And so we're going to have many opportunities to reach the lost and reach the hurting and help draw them to Christ. And so if you're not satisfied with 2017, let's be like Paul. We forget what's behind and we press on toward the goal uh, of, of achieving uh, satisfaction in Christ. And I couldn't be more excited about what the new year holds for us. So Happy New Year, everyone, and, and let's go out and, and, and change the world this year from Garland. I pray that we'll do it. Let's pray. Lord God, we do thank you for all that you are doing in this body. And Lord, I do pray that, that we will all give ourselves a spiritual evaluation and decide uh, where we have not done as well as we would like and where we can do better. And Lord, I rejoice for the times where we have uh, done what we would like to do and where we have let the Spirit lead us and not been governed by the flesh, Lord. And I pray that as we go forward into 2018 that we will have a mind for outreach, for evangelism, for looking for people who are in need of our help. And Lord, that we would use our gifts and our time and our talents and that we would try to reach a world that is hurting and in desperate need uh, to hear the good news of your Son, Lord. I pray that we would do that in 2018. In Jesus' name, amen.